Welcome to Pros and Cons, a show about a variety of topics. I'm Jack. And I'm Kev. For this episode, we're going to be talking about Quentin Tarantino, the movie director and writer who has a new movie that just came out this past weekend, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And we'll talk about that a little bit. No spoilers, but we're just going to be looking at him overall. Yeah, we're going to tell you guys whether he's an asshole or he's not. First off, what do you remember about first hearing of him? That I can remember? I don't know. It's like his name was always thrown out there, like one of the good directors of the times. This was even before I got into movies, but it's like, oh, yeah, Tarantino. I feel like his name will get thrown out there with, like, Scorsese and, like, these old school, like, big time names. Not saying that they're all in the same level, like, you know, Spielberg or whatever, but to me, it was always like I would hear their names together right. when having a conversation. And it was like, oh, cool. Like, I don't even remember what the first film of his I saw. I want to say it was Reservoir Dogs, but I wouldn't put money on it. I think mine is actually more fuzzy. Damn. Because <laughs> I remember. Hearing about Kill Bill when it came out, I would have been 10 years old at the time. Mm -hmm. But I think it was one of those like pop culture movies that especially kids at that age are going to gravitate to, mainly boys, I guess. And I don't even remember if I watched it at the time. I do remember seeing pieces somewhat regularly when it would come on tnt or something like that but i don't even remember when i actually saw it in full i have before but i don't remember when i initially did and when this was happening i wasn't aware of like directors as a thing at that point so i didn't even know who was behind it or what and then eventually i'm sure it was related to pulp fiction that I found out about that and then soon after learned about Tarantino. And then over the years, obviously, if you're getting more into that stuff, you just see his name everywhere. I could probably say something similar in that I guess it was like Kill Bill around the first time I heard of him. But yeah, I don't think I even saw the movie. And I say that because I only saw Kill Bill like three years ago. <laughs> <laughs> but... I guess it was around the time where, like, his name came up or, you know, in my circle or family, whoever it was that was mentioning him. You literally hear, like, four names when you're not really into film, but most people know it. And it's Spielberg again, probably Tarantino, Scorsese, and I'm missing one. Maybe James Cameron or something. Nah, he's but not, not even him. I feel like I only knew him because of Avatar. Stanley Kubrick. Kubrick. There you go. Those are, like, the names you hear, but for me, it was, like, Tarantino was always, like, it's always, it's also, like, catchy, like, easy to remember. Like, Tarantino is just, like, hard tease. Right. <laughs> but, yeah, I didn't really get into him, like, until much later. Would you say, initially, once you realized kind of who he was and what he was making, was his style, like, a pro for you? And also, like, has that changed over time? Yeah, straight up, I'd pro it seem different just dialogue alone like crazy like super gory as we know what about the dialogue just like unique or it's unique and my boy has no filters and <laughs> it shows has a style where he's not 
afraid to use the n-word he's not afraid to use the f-word curses are flying out there like crazy and it felt more natural it still feels you know like acting but more natural than like a hypothetical conversation between criminals or whatever you know so yeah it was a pro for me from scratch i don't remember either liking or disliking it initially i feel like it was just something you're seeing and you're taking in all these different movies and i wouldn't say it was like a huge pro or con either way i mean i did think for a bit that pulp fiction was too overhyped and i've kind of grown to appreciate it more over time Mm -hmm. not that i disliked it at first but i've just appreciated it more over time i think it's also one of those things where people are telling you like yo this is a fucking masterpiece and you're like all right it's good but relax yeah just (laughs) sit down (laughs) (laughs) but i mean over time i think i've appreciated him more and more and especially in the age where comic book movies and sequels and remakes are kind of at its peak he's still coming with an original voice that's his own and he's successful at it both commercially and artistically so i think that's something to respect yeah let's look first before we dive into our tops at like what makes up a tarantino movie like consistently across the board you kind of touched on some of them already in terms of dialogue and gore slash violence i mean i would say those two are definitely up there especially violence is probably the one that people are most split on some people hate it some people love it would you pro or con the violence yeah i could take even a little bit more (laughs) damn because of this next point which i guess is also part of a tarantino film which is like a big payoff at the end it seems like a lot of the i guess you can call it action is literally left for the last 10 minutes or so he could spread a little bit more in the first (laughs) half you know just sprinkle one or two more scenes in there i wouldn't even be mad right but you can say that literally in all his films the payoff is like the last 10 minutes or the last act, quote-unquote. Yeah, and it's not even a surprise anymore. You're just kind of, like, waiting for it. Like, you know, you're not spoiling any of these movies by saying that just because it's kind of like his formula, and it works, in my opinion. Right. I would say, in general, in movies, violence and all that can be very stale or repetitive, but I feel like he always does a pretty good job of making it feel more energetic and raw and interesting to watch Mm -hmm. and i get if some people aren't into it it can be a little excessive but i'm gonna pro it yeah that's an easy pro for me it's like one of those things where like now i look forward to how is he gonna (laughs) do the violence in this one like it like amazes me because he does it so differently than what you usually see in other films what about dialogue i mean we talked about it briefly, so I assume off what you said, you would pro it. Easy pro. Again, like, he's not afraid of what other people would be afraid to do. He'll take the heat for it, and I guess it's questionable. Like, should you 
feel so free to do <laughs> what you do, you know? <laughs> like, we know you're writing this. This is all in your head. <laughs> this is how you feel about these people. There's no writing team. It's just him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's your boy, Quinn. Um, but yeah, like, again, it feels real, feels raw. And it's one of those where, like, I mean, I could say that about any film. Like, the raw feeling and the more real that it is the easier it makes it for me to like feel like i'm in the story and like i completely understand the characters right i mean we talked about in the cursing episode we did on this podcast about how well you brought this up that if people are cursing around you that you know it makes you feel more comfortable with them all right yeah so I'm sure for you and I would agree that that translates in this also. Yeah. He also brings in things like his love for pop culture and movies and in that vein to the dialogue and, of course, the actual film, too. Like, he pays homage to a lot of stuff or straight up steals it, which is <laughs> kind of another big element he does it in a way that always kind of fits into his style. But how do you feel about that? Yeah, I'm not sure. Because it's like one of those... I'm sure he's not doing it in a bad way. He's literally... It's not like, untasteful, you mean? Yeah, he's like super tasteful about it. And you can tell that he loves these movies as well. And Yeah, I mean, he programs a fucking movie theater in LA. Where yeah, he shows like, like tons of these old movies. And he's stuff. like an actual huge fan of films that's in love with films. Yeah wants to incorporate these films in his films like that's how much he loves them so I, I can't hate on that and it's one of those things where like it is film and it's probably the only platform where you could do that without a problem right but but part of it too i feel like is he is very open about it and it has encouraged and i'm not saying this is an excuse for people who think it's wrong but it encourages people who are fans of his movies to go look at those other movies that he's referencing and it builds this kind of film history angle within his movies for those who want to dive deeper yeah it creates like a fucking beautiful web of filmography out there and i'm sure he likes that didn't he himself put out like a list this time of the yeah, films yeah. that influence or yeah it was like 10 movies to watch before i mean you could do it after as well but yeah, so he's pretty much giving us homework, which I can't, like, don't do that, bro. <laughs> I don't really got time to watch your films. No, but yeah, so I'd pro it. He always finds a great way to do it. This is almost similar to violence, where I think it's sometimes overdone in movies, where I feel like people should just come up with more original shit. And he does have a lot of original ideas, so it's fine. And he also does them, like we said, very tastefully. So I don't have a problem with it with him. But I don't know about what that says to other filmmakers. So I'm kind of in the middle on it. Like, I think he does it well, but not sure kind of on the implications of it. So I'm going to con it, even though I'm not mad at him for doing it. Wow. <laughs> a passive con. <laughs> No, you bring up a good point. I mean, he also likes to make himself do a few cameos in his own oh, films. Yeah. <laughs> Strong move. That was like a 
I mean, I, I don't remember if he got this from him, but that was a thing Hitchcock would do all the time in all his movies. But I pro it one because I don't watch Hitchcock films, <laughs> so I could almost weirdly like be okay with him copying him. Since yeah, I mean that's was... a different thing. It's like I think that's bigger than Hitchcock. You know what I mean? Right. Like we were talking about stealing specific scene ideas and stuff Mm -hmm. but just the idea of having yourself be a character sometimes it's just out of pure like economic stuff or you know he's the writer and director he just wants to see himself in the movie like what's wrong with that like if you can do it and pull it off sure yeah maybe when he was little he just wanted to be an actor (laughs) and people kept telling him like nah you ugly So he's like, you know what? I'm going to be a director and I'm going to put myself in my <laughs> films. And then he tried to do a whole film with himself and then he's like, damn, nah, I'm ugly. <laughs> Maybe I'll just do two minutes. <laughs> Speaking of like that aspect too, the actors he chooses are also ones who he kind of regularly includes like Samuel L. Jackson, Leo and Brad Pitt are now in multiple, Uma Thurman. Now it's like generational. So now Uma Thurman's daughter is in one of Tarantino's yeah. films, which is crazy. Maya Hawk, daughter of Uma Thurman and Ethan Hawk, has a small role in the new movie. What do you think of him using the same people consistently? And this is something that a lot of directors do. I like it because literally the way he writes and the type of films that he does, he f- literally found like the characters for him from scratch like samuel was literally made for quentin in my opinion right to me all of samuel's like best roles are quentin even though he's like in literally forty thousand films which is crazy (laughs) even bad ones i think dicaprio i mean that dude's great with everything yeah i mean you could argue he shares like his best roles with scorsese in terms of how they both used him even Brad Pitt, though, like, I wouldn't call him, like, the greatest of actors, but every time he's in a film with Tarantino, I'm like, damn, he might deserve an award for this because he's killing it. It's not just his looks, which I feel like they use a lot in other films. Here, he actually, like, kills his role. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know that I've really seen bad acting in his films other than maybe Quentin himself. <laughs> Yeah, I would say this was something I used to be more against that I've come around more about. And I preferred, and I kind of still do, the idea of if you're building these worlds, having all different people in each one of them to fully make them feel different, especially if it's under this one umbrella of a director. But I can't really hate on it. Pro it lightly still would be interesting if there was other people but like you said people like samuel jackson work so well with him too that you can't really hate on wanting more from them either one other thing that comes to mind is his soundtracks which get a decent amount of attention i mean they've never stood out like crazy to me not in a bad way but i've noticed a conversation around that more recently especially with this new movie too but has that been something that's ever stood out to you much no like 
for sure more with this last movie like it was out there and i think it was well done and it was also like they're really trying to take you back to a time and i don't know if i'd say easy but it's easier to do when you have music to take you there Mm -hmm. um he did a pretty good job with it i think pulp fiction as well and i think like django for some reason Hmm. but everything else i've seen of his i don't know that like soundtrack or score really stood out much yeah so light pro it like when i notice it is good but i don't know maybe i have to go back and listen to the soundtracks and score on all his films what about you i would say it's also not something i really paid much attention to i also don't usually think about the music too much within movies because i get so wrapped up in the story or the visuals right so not paying attention to the music as much it's more like a subconscious thing Mm -hmm. so i don't really think about it much afterwards either i feel like this has been mostly positive (laughs) so i gotta hit you with a con (laughs) at least for me all right it's one of my favorite things (laughs) how about that time length of movie oh let's get into that yeah and i wouldn't say that this goes throughout his filmography like that but I'd say like 80% of them, as I'm looking right now, <laughs> shits are well over two hours. Yeah. Some, like the insanely long Hateful Eight, yeah. surpasses the three-hour mark. Also, which is crazy. we went to that in the theater, and <laughs> there was an, what was it, an overture? Overture. He took it back. <laughs> so it's like, how long was that? It was like a, I want to say 20. Yeah, it was like a. It's a 30-minute break. Right, in the middle of it. With fucking just music playing or some shit on the screen. Yeah. <laughs> it was strange. It was dope, like, because I guess it's how films or theater was done back in the day. So it was, like, a cool little experience, but, again, relax. Yeah. And, I mean, not to put any of you guys down from watching any of his films. I feel like you should watch all of them. But, I mean, this new one, Once Upon a Time, is clocked at 2.45, Glorious Bastards, about 2.30. <laughs> what was Django? 2.45. We just said Hateful Eight was about 3, a little bit more. But I feel like it also depends on the movie, because Hateful Eight, not a whole lot happens, not a whole lot of action, not a whole lot of movement from locations, so it really can drag. But like this new movie, it finished, and I just wanted more. I was ready for more. Yeah. It was for sure, like two very different scripts literally what drove hateful eight was right. their conversations and dialogues and not much yeah. action right Just all one room like yeah I, i'd con yeah and i'd con in general that time length he can kind of get away with it but that shouldn't be i wouldn't say it's a good thing for that to be the norm we know quentin <laughs> likes to steal and he stole this from Martin Scorsese. (laughs) (laughs) He's the only one that gets away with these three-hour films. And it doesn't mean I pro it for him, but yeah, just relax. What do you think about the whole foot thing that people seem to have a problem with? That he puts bare feet in his movies a lot and stuff. Which I hadn't really, like, noticed or heard people complain much about before this movie. But now it seems to be a thing. I was aware of it. I think, like, I don't know, just through Twitter, people, like, write stupid shit. Right. 
So it was like a thing, but I guess now it's like full steam, like kind of everyone knows it or right. it's like aware of it. And I had noticed it like in his other films, especially since like I've seen some of his older films recently. And I don't know, I kind of like don't mind them, but <laughs> I would say like in this last film, one of them, I was like borderline uncomfortable. Like I take <laughs> these feet off my screen right now. Like why? I would say it's more of a con than a pro, but I also don't really hate it. Like, I'm not bothered by it. Mm-hmm. It's just whatever to me. People just make too big a deal out of things. Yeah. Yeah, like before, I didn't mind it until <laughs> this one. But, so I give it like a light con, but not really. Like, keep doing your thing. <laughs> I mean, speaking of that too, what do you think about the polarizing feel or conversation that happens around his movies whether it's people defending him or hating on him does it get annoying to you do you think it's good for people to be going back and forth yeah it's annoying (laughs) especially now because of like the culture and like yeah social media and society that we like live in but it's like overwhelming like just the amount of shit people give a shit about that they shouldn't or right. shouldn't take as serious like so yeah i would say it's for sure annoying <laughs> and he is like super controversial like don't get me wrong but right yeah i for sure like try to mute it out well first off i think it's always been annoying from the jump because he has the whole quote-unquote film bros community on lock and those people are the same ones who will shove Pulp Fiction down your throat and say it's top movies ever made and I think it's only gotten worse now with all the stuff you're saying with current society and social media and all that and too much and just heightened by him because he's so polarizing so I'd con it yeah con that (laughs) shit so now let's get to the juicy part I'm gonna give you guys our personal tops for Tarantino both pros and cons. Yeah. I don't know if you want to give particular orders. I feel like I'd struggle if I have to choose a certain order. But Yeah, let's just say no order. So, yeah, for me, it's for sure going to be no order. Do you want to start or should I start? Should we do cons or pros first? Let's do cons. All right, so you've seen everything except for Death Proof. Is that right? I haven't seen Jackie Brown either. Oh, damn. And it's weird because, like, I've almost watched Jackie Brown like six times before, and I'm just like, nah, I don't it know. If I used watch to, it maybe right still now. is on Netflix. What stopped you from watching it? It feels like a type of movie that sometimes I'm just like, yeah, I don't know if I want to watch that right now. And I've just put it up for like years now. <laughs> maybe I'll do that soon. Yeah. I feel like you would appreciate it. I don't know if it would make your top either way. Right. Death Proof. I guess I'll just start off this list with that. Death Proof is one of my three cons. I feel like you would maybe find it entertaining, but not be at the top of your list. And for me, that was kind of the case. This is also, I feel like, his least popular film. Yeah. Like, I I don't even hear about it. Right. It's definitely the least talked about, for sure. So I guess I pick a con now. Yeah. I'll go with Reservoir Dogs. Damn. I like the concept, but I feel like I wouldn't put it as like 
one of his most successful, especially because it wasn't like super visual either. Like it has iconic shots and by no means do I hate the movie. Like outside of this that we're doing, I wouldn't con the movie, but right. for the purposes, yeah, I'd, I'd give it a con. I don't even know if I could pick two others, but <laughs> you could go ahead and try. <laughs> <laughs> one of my other cons is one that we talked about before. Again, same kind of thing. I wouldn't necessarily con it, but in terms of his, I would. For this, The Hateful Eight. <laughs> Just because of the length and how little action there is, I didn't dislike the movie, but yeah, I wouldn't put it in his best. I'm going to go ahead and second that. <laughs> As my second, and I think last con. I'll put Death Proof out there, too, <laughs> even though I haven't seen it. <laughs> but yeah, Hateful Eight was just what happened there. I mean, I liked the visuals. It was cool, whatever he gave you. Um, but man, did it drag. For yeah. Sure. My last con, and this is probably unpopular opinion, is Django. That's crazy. <laughs> it's not bad, but it's not really my thing. And I mentioned usually I think he does violent stuff pretty well. And not that that's necessarily poorly done in this movie, but it just felt like, I don't know, didn't do it for me. So I guess with that, we could jump to pros. To pros? And I'd put Django on my pros? Damn. You don't often see the slave movie where the slave is like the superhero. Right. And yeah, Tarantino did that. Just cool. Yeah, the violence was very strange on this one, but for sure memorable. There was like something where not all of his films have, which was like from the start, you kind of know where this movie should go. And he does it in a way where it's still entertaining throughout Mm -hmm. till you get to the payoff. This is for sure like one of his most original ideas, in my opinion. That movie deals with looking at history through his own lens. And another one in my top that does that is Inglorious Bastards, which is also pretty violent for sure. But I just thought it was really well done and funny, but also really dramatic at points. And yeah, just put that up there for me. For me, I'd go with the easy one. Just Kill Bill. One or two or both. I mean, I'll, he... I'll package them, I guess. Yeah, I mean, that's what he has said. Because he has this thing that he's only going to make 10 films, which we'll save for after this. But basically, he said within that that he sees the two Kill Bill movies as one movie. So I think that's fair. And they were released, like, within a year from each right. other. So I give him that. He thought about it. He's not just making shit up, you know? Yeah. Um so yeah, I'd, I'd package Kill Bill in there, iconic in every sort of way, from like poster to Costume. costumes, yeah, to like hairstyle, foot fetish. I feel like started right around this time. <laughs> <laughs> Plot, action. I mean, everything. Like this movie just has it all in a great Tarantino way. So Kill Bill's up there. Not mad at that. I'm gonna go with. The cliche, Pulp Fiction. Oh, my God. <laughs> Which, as I said earlier, 
when I first saw it, I was like, oh, it's pretty good, but it was overhyped in my opinion. But I've grown to just enjoy it more and more, and I think it's a really rewatchable movie that if you're a person who has cable and it comes on, you're going to just watch it for sure. It's just one of those movies where you're like, wow, definitely just tuning into any part of this right now. Yeah, easily. Can agree with that. And then for the last one, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, the new movie. Yeah, there's like no doubt we can both agree on that. <laughs> yeah. If you haven't already, you have to go watch it. Like In the theaters. In the theaters. Beautifully shot movie. Probably my favorite when it comes to how it's shot. Out of his movies. Out of his movies. Just because he goes out there and the movie travels through LA. It's not just right sedentary and like in one place and it's LA so you know it's sunny it's blue it's palm trees it's right neon like back in the days because yeah I mean, it doesn't take place now yeah it's 1969 it's in the 60s yeah so even dressing style you know it's just out there so visually is up there right. we mentioned soundtrack and score like not that it stood out like crazy but there was a few scenes where it does and beautifully done I mean what are some of the things you like pace which we talked about before it doesn't drag it just actually makes you want more i think the acting which we also talked about is great brad and leo kill it yeah acting was crazy i mean definitely up there for leo all time brad pitt definitely up there all time i mean stuff like this and the oceans trilogy are like my favorite things to see him do and he's great comedic sidekick to leo and Margot Robbie kills it, like, great cast all around. Fun movie all around. Yeah, just a really enjoyable, fun movie, even with the drama mixed in. Hands down, like, up there for me. So, in terms of what's next for the future, let's do a couple quick pros and cons to finish it off. So, first thing is that I mentioned he has this whole thing that he's going to stop after 10 movies and this was the ninth so do you pro or con that idea beautiful i don't want to say that i wish more directors did this set a goal and try to almost like go up a step every time you make a film in whatever way that is i mean it fucking builds the hype in (laughs) a way that i don't think anyone else has done right so hey shout out to you for thinking of that and saying that to the public because i'm sure whatever comes next is going to be crazy so i'd pro that what about you i would con it selfishly because i just want to have the anticipation of new tarantino movies or at least the possibility until he dies but (laughs) it's because he has nothing else to steal He's planned this out since I don't know how long. He's going to give you the best here. Number 11 was probably going to be trash. Would have probably been like a Spider-Man remake. (laughs) Well, actually, it's funny you mentioned that. Because one that he's been like seriously discussed of possibly doing. And he also said this could be a side movie and not count to the 10. Is that he might do a Star Trek movie. Don't. Yeah, I mean, I would say major con for me. Another one, which hasn't really been discussed too much, could still be a possibility and could still 
might not count towards the 10. Kill Bill 3, in or out? I mean, there's been some controversy in the past year or so with Uma Thurman and a crash that happened, but they seem to be on good terms at the moment. Now, are you telling me this is a loophole since he's going to package them together? That's what I'm saying. We might see 11, then I'd pro that. Because <laughs> in this way, we get one more Tarantino movie on top of the 10th movie. Right. Then, yeah, go ahead. Why not? Yeah, I would pro it. So, yeah, why not? Pro it. Yeah, like, no question. Let's say, regardless of if he does Star Trek or does a Kill Bill 3, is there anything you're looking for from this 10th and final movie? LeBron's feet. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I did not see that coming. We see a lot of women's feet in these films. Why not? A size 17 foot. <laughs> or Shaq. Or Shaq. Let's get some real feet out there. Nah, but seriously, I don't know. Like, I don't know that I want to see something specifically when it comes to, like, plot or story. But yeah. all I know is for this one film, assuming it's your 10th film, your last, this is what we get. I give you the freedom. I know you're listening. I personally give you the freedom to make it over three hours if you want. <laughs> Just make this special. Make it fucking grand. Like, everything that is Tarantino, put it in it. Sprinkle a little bit more action and violence in the front half. And make it happen. I don't know what else I can ask for. What about you? Yeah, I would say basically kind of in that same idea. Like, usually he has build up and then the finale but what if you just make it crazy the whole time i i'm (laughs) all in there yeah i feel like that's what it should be just make the craziest possible movie you can think of and then end on that i want to sweat while watching (laughs) like make it happen and bring dicaprio yeah i guess i could ask for that right yeah i guess actors anyone else do you want to see samuel jackson You gotta bring Sammy. You wanna see Brad Pitt back again? Brad can make it. I don't I don't even know if I'd put in like supporting, but if he right. shows like up a for ten fifteen it'd be yeah. dope. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Bring Kurt Russell as like a grumpy old man somewhere. <laughs> I mean Uma for sure. Like Yeah. There's some actors that he works with that I wouldn't mind seeing, but I I'd say these five are like for sure the tops for me. Everyone else is so and so. Yeah. And then yeah, overall, pro. Pro Tarantino. So that wraps up this episode of Pros and Cons. I'm Jack. And I'm Kev. And we'll see you next week. Peace. And go see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood in theaters. This was not paid for by Tarantino. Mm-mm. I mean, I wish it was, but <laughs> yeah, go watch it.